Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. The following interview is designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. Your host, Derek Champagne, is the founder and CEO of The Artist Evolution, a full-service agency building successful brands, marketing tools, and campaigns, and also the author of the best-selling book, Don't Buy a Duck. And now, let's begin today's Leadership Series interview. Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, a special episode, our pro-athlete entrepreneur spotlight Today we have Derek Furlow Jr., former UTM pro football player, entrepreneur, community servant, and author of the acclaimed book, What's Next? How to Transition Like a Champion. And now Derek travels across the U.S. sharing his story with the hope of empowering others to never to yield when facing adversity. Derek, thanks for taking a few minutes today. Derek, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited. Hey, other than having a great name, you have a great story. So I'd love to hear your background a little bit. Let me tell you something interesting. We uh, we have an agency that's based in Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, but we work with clients in 28 states, and we, we also have a satellite office in Manhattan and Atlanta. Uh, so I know part of your story is the get out of Arkansas plan, and that, of course, got my attention. I can't wait. I know there's a bigger story to it. <laughs> I said, I got to talk to this guy because we already interview pro athletes, and, and we, we, help, we help pro athlete entrepreneurs with their businesses. And Man, you've got a great story in how you're helping in transition. So take us back a little bit. You were born in Atlanta Projects. Take us back and up and kind of tell us a background about you and kind of take us on a quick journey. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, I grew up, man, raised by a single mom in southwest Atlanta, raising three kids. So hmm. growing up in the inner city, you had violence all around you, drug dealers on every corner, police up and down the street every hour on the hour. And my biggest fear when I was little, I can always recall hearing, the ambulance and police sirens going by and I was just always praying and hoping that they was never going to my house. So it was like a perpetual fear. Um, but over that period of time, we did a lot of moving. Um, pretty much every other year, my mom would move us to a different location, different environment. And at that point in time, I didn't understand it. She, she, I just thought she liked moving, but really at the end of the day, she was, she was teaching me a valuable lesson of never to settle. Um, if you don't like your environment or your situation, you don't, you don't settle. So, we had a chance to eventually move around, and we finally moved out of the inner city of Atlanta um, down to Griffin, Georgia. And I remember a Christmas came, and we finally had a chance to do some Christmas stuff this particular year. And we started shopping in October for the Christmas gifts. And Christmas came around, December 12th came around, 25th came around, and it passed. And then, sure enough, January comes around, and that's when we finally celebrated Christmas. And I didn't understand it, but I only remember my mom saying we got to wait until the taxes come in. So mm-hmm. at that moment, things started just kind of just to trigger to me that I could be more, do more, have a better life that I wouldn't make for the the life we were living. That there was more to live, more to do, more to have. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when kind of the burning desire to be more, do more, have more set in. And I wasn't sure exactly how. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom had a chance to meet her boyfriend then, which is now today her husband. And things took a change for the better. Um, he, he, he had a job and now she wasn't raising three kids by herself. He had some kids of his own and the family became like the modern day Brady bunch. <laughs> so, so things got better to a degree. However, that hunger to be more, do more, have more still kind of drove me. And then finally we didn't move around as much when we got down to Griffin and I had a chance to actually stay in a place long enough to go to high school. And when I got to high school, that's when I started trying to make a name for myself. And I realized 
I only had a couple options. I could either rap, I could sell drugs, or I could play sports. That's what it looked like, and that's what it still perpetuates today. However, mm-hmm. um, I realized that selling drugs wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go because a lot of those guys got locked up. I had teammates that did it, guys I went to school, school with that did it. And when it came down to rapping, I wrote a letter to So So Deaf. At that point in time, they had a little bow wow, and they never called me back. So <laughs> I guess that means that I wasn't good enough. So at this point, Derek, man, it, it left um, sport, which particular sport I had no idea. So I had a chance to play organized sports in high school, played basketball, ran track, and played basketball. And I was pretty solid at, at all of them. I wasn't really sure what was my favorite sport or what was the one I was best at. And then going into my sophomore year, that summer before my sophomore year, we got some excited news from my stepdad was going to get a raise and a promotion. But along with that raise and the promotion came a move. So I'm like, okay, where are we moving to? And then he broke the news that we was moving to CrossFit, Arkansas. And I said, what? First and foremost, <laughs> I had never heard of CrossFit. Second and foremost, I had never heard. I couldn't tell you where Arkansas was on the hey, map. I live in Arkansas, <laughs> and I can't tell you where that town is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now we got culture shock. We got we got we got a young kid in high school mad angry upset already now it's even more like i want control of my life now we're moving to a place i never even heard of and i can't control my life i can't do nothing about it and i have to go i'm forced to go um so i I tried to stay with my stepdad and my mom and my my, my dad i mean my step my my stepmom and my dad but that didn't quite work out and only lessons my my only things my stepmom would say to me was hey this may be your opportunity to reinvent yourself so we get to Arkansas, man, and we in CrossFit, Arkansas. It's in the southeast corner of the state. Now, I can I can talk about it because I stayed there. So um, everybody that's from Arkansas, I still I still got love to you. I'm just talking I'm just talking about it. It, it, helped, I love it. it helped me, but it hurt me at the same time. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> so man, I get there coming from being born and raised in Atlanta to to, to Arkansas, man, and it's just I'm like I don't want to be here. So hmm. at this point in time, I said I had to take control of my own happiness because I was mad and angry and upset want to be more, do more, have more. But I was depending on my mom to save me or my stepdad to save me or Batman and Robin or, or Iron Man to come save me. And really, I had to take control of my own happiness. Yeah. And that's when everything finally hit me that if you want to be more, do more, have more, change your situation, you're going to have to do something different. Mm-hmm. And that's when the birth of the Get Out of Arkansas plan came together right there, Derek, because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. But I realized rapping wasn't going to work so so definitely never called me back and then um selling drugs wasn't gonna give me nowhere so sports was gonna be the vehicle right. now i just had to figure out which sport mm. so my um junior my sophomore year i played football there had a had, had a chance to make a, a, a pretty good impression and help the team but didn't play as much as i wanted to so we go into basketball season basketball season started off well but it comes around christmas time we get a christmas break of course the family goes back to atlanta during the season. So guess what I do? I go back to Atlanta as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we come back and of course we miss a couple of basketball games, miss some practices. Well, coach said at that point in time, we had to run 500 bleachers to get back on the team. And that's when I realized I ain't like basketball that much. So, um, <laughs> that, that was my last time playing basketball. I love Appreciate it. that coach. <laughs> so at this point, in time, I got football and track left. Track felt like punishment. Mm-hmm. So, that narrowed it down real quick. My get out of Arkansas plan was going to be me playing football. Hmm. So I, I, I started doing my homework. I came with my first game plan in my life. Like, I never had a plan in my life. And, but this time I, I came up with this plan. And I found it pretty simple. you probably familiar with the guy by the name of Darren McFadden, who's um, <clears throat> a legend in that state. Yes. So we were in the same year, same class, and 
he had already committed to Arkansas. So pretty much what I did, I just looked up the stats. He was the number one running back coming out of the country. I'm like, all right, these were the numbers that you got to put up to get you a full ride. Well, let me put up 2,200 yards, 20-plus touchdowns, take the city in the, in, the, in, the, in the school and put it on the map by taking the school to the state championship. And that'll get me some attention, the school to get recognition. And by default, we win the state championship. I'll get me a full ride scholarship back to Georgia. Wow. So that's, how that, that's the idea. That's the guy Arkansas plan. So we pretty much went to work that summer, getting bigger, stronger, faster. My junior year came around. We had a solid team. And we got out the gates running, man. Started off 3-0. Next thing you know, we look up with 5-0. First time in school history. Next thing you look up, we're 8-0. and And we're two games away from finishing this season undefeated. And sure enough, we got it done. 10-0 wow. undefeated the first time in history. So wow. this get out of Arkansas thing coming together. I never had a plan in my life. And I'm seeing unfold right before me. So, mm-hmm. you know, being a young kid, you kind of get a little arrogant, cocky, right. all the above. So I'm thinking, this is this is, this is is all about me. I got this thing right. And, <laughs> We got three games to get through the playoffs and one game for the state championship, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna be scot free, pressed, and ready to get up out of Arkansas with my full ride scholarship back to Georgia. So mm-hmm. we got a mission. Game one come around, we play we played Morton. It was a spread offense, pretty solid team, and we got the W. Game mm-hmm. two, we play Win. I'm not sure where these schools are located. I just know we played them, <laughs> and um, it was a pretty tight game. <laughs> and uh, we ended up getting the W in, in the fourth quarter. Nice. So we got one game left, and we played Bologna. And, man, that game right there was an interesting game because we drove up. We had to go away for this particular game. Mm-hmm. And I remember us getting off the bus, and I felt like we was in the middle of a farm because mm-hmm. the field looked like a cow pasture. Grass was super high. field was muddy. I don't think it had rained in Arkansas for about a month, but that field was somehow soaking <laughs> wet. So um, they did the smart thing and took away our speed. And that was their um, unfair advantage because wow. they were not as fast. Were and that game was pretty close, closer than what it needed to be. It stayed seven to zero until about the third quarter. We finally scored seven to seven, and then they ended up going up twenty-one seven, and we ended up losing that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was devastated because they get out of Arkansas playing, to my knowledge, had crashed and burned because we didn't make to the state championship and we didn't win it all. However, in the process. The school was on the map. The city had got some attention, and I had started getting attention. So I had started getting letters in the mail from smaller schools, even bigger schools. And at that point in time, you know, you get this game plan, and you have some success as a young kid. You start being a little arrogant. So mm. all these small schools that wasn't Georgia and definitely wasn't D1, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not coming here. So, you know, it was cool. You got letters in the mail. You start getting recruited this whole small, slow process. Mm. So it probably went to my head just a little bit. So I started burning bridges to certain places I knew I wasn't going to go. And – I had this game plan. We're going to try to get out of Arkansas playing all over again. I already knew what it was going to take to get it done. So that summer, come to find out, a little fun fact, since you're in Arkansas, um, Darren McFadden, the team, it was, I think it was Little Rock, what, Central, whatever, whatever school it was, mm-hmm. they were moving up divisions, and we were going to actually play each other my senior year. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, man, get out of Arkansas playing. It's prime for the taking. <laughs> so I had a chance to visit Georgia about eight times. Visited places like Ole Miss, visited a number of other schools, and ended up going to um, University of Arkansas on a couple of visits. I came up that way a few times. But my last visit, which I really um, wasn't going to go, was to the University of Arkansas. They was having um, the top guys in the state come on just for the last little hurrah. Mm-hmm. And I went up there, and we did this little camp, and it was a pretty fun deal. And at that particular camp, we was doing ball drills, and I kind of came down funny and tweaked my knee a little bit and – I didn't really think much of it until we rolled home 
from northwest Arkansas to southeast Arkansas. Hmm. It's a whole about a nothing in between there, but um, that was a five-hour ride, and we made that ride home, and by the time we got home, my knee had swollen up. Uh-huh. So I kind of panicked for a little while, but then I finally got over because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I try to be optimistic about the situation. Right. And ended up going to the doctor. They said, it's nothing but uh, a meniscus, so you just got to get it scoped, and you'll be fine. So that was a big relief. So we ended up going through the summer. I finally get the meniscus scope about three weeks before um, summer's over, before school, the season get ready to kick, kick off. And coach said, hey, you'll get the scope. You'll be back when non-conference play starts. You miss the first three games, and then we'll get this thing rocking and rolling, and we'll get back on this this this, this train of winning this thing. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that was the plan. However, you know, everything don't necessarily work out how you plan it. Because right. I had a chance to get my surgery done, and I actually got the surgery done in Monroe, Louisiana, because that was the closest medical facility that was capable of doing the scope. That's how small cross it is. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm in there getting the scope done and I remember getting rolled out of the operating room. I was kind of still under a fall, but the doctor was standing to my right. And as I'm laying in the bed, I kind of put my left hand on my left leg and I felt this brace that came up to about oh, my, no. my quad. And when I felt this brace, um, I'm like, Hey doc, what's this brace for? And when I asked him that question, he said something that changed my life forever. He said, this brace, that's for your ACL. Oh. And at that moment, I woke up and I said, what do you mean my ACL? I didn't come here for ACL surgery. And man, my life flashed before my eyes because everything I worked for, everything I had grinded for, everything I had put on the table that was going to help me control my life, my future, my destiny, my happiness was just stripped away from me in a matter of, 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 of seconds. Mm. And come to find out, he said, your ACL was partially tore. And if we would not have fixed it while we was in there, it would have been considered malpractice. So I ended up having a surgery that I didn't go in for on a need. I didn't really feel like I needed it for, which changed my life forever. So wow, that the aha, the awakening, the mad, the sad, the, the good, the bad, all that happened at that particular point in time in my life. Because after that surgery, um, I had a chance to just sit down and and reflect on what I was going to do to be in control of my life. And I wasn't really sure. And all I can do is do rehab which they had me doing one time a day. So I moved up to three times a day because I had this idea that maybe I'll make it back by the end of the season and, and help us still win the state championship. Right. Mm-hmm. So um doing rehab, asking myself, why me, Lord, why me? And I remember hearing this voice saying, I gave you that football stage for the glorification of my kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I had to take it away from you because you were using it for your own selfish purpose, ambitions, reasons, and goals. So I had to take it away from you to get your attention. And um, yeah, that wow. was, uh, that way that, <laughs> and that's what kind of what happened on that on that is right there, Derek. I want to pause just for a second, then we'll keep going. But I, what a what a what an amazing lesson in life! I mean, I'm 43. I've had a few companies under my belt. Some have done okay. Some have failed. And and you know, I always say when I failed, it was because of me and my selfishness and unwillingness to get help. And you know, I came to realization at one point that everything I had, I was a steward of to use uh, for the right purposes, and that it wasn't all about me. And you were learning those lessons early. And then, you know, your realization, though, even earlier that it's on me, like it was up to you. A lot of people don't get that till later. And then it's that feeling, like, oh, no, for me to get out for me, it's on me. There's not a handout. There, there's not a hand up. It's on me to go figure that out. And then the, my other takeaway is your mom and what, what you know, for me, what a remarkable person she seems to be with uh, with looking at the circumstances and finding the positive in it. 
And, and that, that's really mm-hmm. profound to me that, that she instilled that in you because it looks like that's what you've continued to do is like, well, I've got to pivot. Well, I've got to pivot again. Well, I got to pivot yes, again. Sir. And so now we get to this point in your life here and it looks like there's another pivot that's got to happen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And at that moment, I wasn't sure what was next for me. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And all I could do was just continue to just have this faith because at that have faith because at that point it was like this thing was bigger than you, mm. and I I didn't get it though I, I didn't get it so I just continued to rehab. The season finally came to an end. Um, I did make it back to dress, but of course, coach didn't give me the ball. Mm. Um, so track season come around. I finally I, I, I had to run track at this point in time. So I'm trying to rehab and get stronger and get faster with my leg. Mm. And as I'm doing track season, spring ball comes around. And sure enough. I get this letter in the mail from a place I never visited. I watched them one time in 2004, and they was playing against Georgia, and I was rooting for Georgia. And this letter was from the <laughs> University of Tennessee. Wow. Right. And they invited me to come to the spring fling. I still have no idea how they got the letter, how my name got it. I have no idea. Mm. And, of course, I get that invite to the spring game, and I'm there. Mm. And I get there. I had a chance to meet the players. And, and talk to some of the guys. And then I had this meeting with Coach Foreman, Coach Caldwell, and Coach Slade. And I remember walking into the office, and Coach Caldwell walked up to me first. He actually recruited the state of Arkansas. I believe he's actually um, – he might be the, he might be at Arkansas now hmm. or somewhere in that state, hmm. Arkansas State. Uh, however, he, he, he says, hey, Derek, man, um, we wanted to get you out here. We heard you're a heck of a ball player, and we know you had your, your, your knee surgery. However, we had saw you on film doing seven on seven against two other guys that was already coming here. Wow. And I'm like, really? Yeah. So he said, well, we, we, we can't give you a full ride scholarship right now just because we're not sure how your knees going to respond. However, if you respond and you can get back to playing how you're capable of playing, we got a full ride scholarship waiting on you. Hmm. And at that moment, I said, sign me up. Let's do it. Because I had burnt down my other bridges. Come <laughs> to find out, when I got hurt, Coach Rucker had took another job at Left, left Georgia, went to Texas. So mm-hmm. me and Georgia completely stopped talking. All those other schools I had burnt bridges at. So I went from having options to having no options. And then University of Tennessee comes out of, comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. with a letter in the mail with a visit. I get a chance to, to, to say, sign me up. And that's kind of how the transition started for me. So I had graduated May like the 5th or the 7th. And I was leaving Arkansas on that long drive from southwest Arkansas up towards West Memphis hmm. to cross the state, cross the state of Tennessee, all the way to Knoxville. So that's how I got to Knoxville, Tennessee. And at that moment, I got here with a chip on my shoulder because I was coming in with the number one recruiting class in the country, hmm. and I still had to, my scholarship. I still had things I had to prove to myself to control my own life, control my own freedom, control my own happiness. And now I felt like I was behind behind the eight ball. Wow. So I came in um, full full fleet, full fledged ahead. The first summer camp we went to i made it through camp so i went back to coach and said hey coach i made it through camp with the number one recruiting class in the country uh can i get my full scholarship <laughs> and, uh, coach 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 told me no so i'm like oh okay i mean, I, tried to... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't understand the dynamics to what it was going to take so yeah uh, i i said let me let me get bigger stronger faster and that second year around I, summer camp ends i go back to coach and say hey coach I got bigger, I got stronger, I got faster. Can I get my full ride scholarship? And then coach says, no again. <sighs> so at this point, I'm like, all right, God, I'm here. I'm not sure why. You brought me here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why, why, why is this thing not working out? 
Hmm. So the season starts. We end up going through the season, and we get to the Air Force game, and a good friend of mine, Inky Johnson, gets hurt. Hmm. Inky ended up paralyzing his right arm, almost loses his life, ended up having this, this surgery, and we had a chance to go visit him three days after the surgery. Hmm. And Coach Slade is in the front of the line, and that's a DB unit walks in. I'm about midway, about fourth in the pack. And as before everybody gets in the room, Coach Slade was like, Inky, how you feeling? And Inky said, Coach, I'm at peak. So everybody might not have been paying attention, but when I heard that, it hit me. Because I'm like, time out. His arm is paralyzed. He almost died. He may never play this game of football again. He's at peace. Hmm. And I'm up here mad about a scholarship. Like, not my life, not an arm, but a scholarship. Hmm. And at that moment, the perspective hit me. And they're like, if I'm going to be mad about a scholarship and he's got peace about this, I got to get the peace he got. And at that moment, the perspective shifted, and I stopped focusing on myself. I start, I got more involved with FCA fellowship, fellowship, fellowship of Christian Athletes, and started realizing I had teammates and younger guys that were around me that needed more mentorship. They needed more guidance. They needed to know it was okay to be an athlete and, and, be, and, and have good grades, that it was okay to be an athlete and love, though. They needed to know it was okay that you can um, treat women a certain way. So I had to be mm. a better teammate and be a mentor to these guys that was coming from around me that was from rougher situations that didn't have a proper perspective than I had, and it was amazing. At that moment, the Lord revealed to me that I hadn't got what I was there to get because I was so busy focused on my own personal selfish ambitions, reasons, and goals, and they wasn't, it was still about me again. Right. So I almost missed my message for the second time. <sighs> and, and in the middle of our mess, a lot of times we miss our message because we're so busy focused on ourselves and not people around us. This thing is really bigger than us. So at that moment, when I start <sighs> focusing on my teammates, it's amazing how the Lord works. The season ends. So now I'm there two years, it's 2007 now, and we get ready to go to summer ball. Summer ball comes around, I get big, I get strong, I get fast, I got, I, got, I got tough, I knew my alignments, I knew my assignment. Fall camp rolls around, that same fall camp that I had when I asked to coach them about the scholarship for the prior two years, I get big, I got strong, I got fast, I knew my alignment, my assignments, I knew my reason, my checks. I was flying across the field, playing full speed ahead, and sure enough, by the time camp ended, I was getting interviews and folks asking, hey, why is this guy not playing more? Why is this guy not on scholarship? And I didn't have to go to coach because I ended up getting my full ride scholarship offered to me from coach from the University of Tennessee. And that's how this thing came full circle to me at that particular point. When I stopped focusing on my own stuff, my own problems, start helping other people solve their problems, start focusing on, on the glorification, my, 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 my problems don't take care of themselves. So what that a, was the first. What, I, I, what a big lesson. Point. We get so focused on ourselves that we miss either the bigger opportunity, the bigger lesson, and even more importantly, the bigger calling. And, you know, you talk about leadership isn't just given to someone it's earned. And uh, your story, again, I love, I, you know, it's not fun, but, you know, to have to pivot and to have to keep having lessons and get told no and getting told to wait and wait and wait and keep earning it. But that is kind of how life is a lot of times for us. And it's really preparing you to be, to be a bigger example. So I, th I feel like everything that's happened in your life so far is for you to do what you're doing now to truly lead others and, and teach them. You talk about transitioning like a champion and, and other things that you're teaching. So finish, finish with this part of the story. And I want to ask you a few other questions about other athletes and transition and how it relates to business and life. But I want to, I want you to be able to finish uh, more of the story because it's such a roller coaster and such an interesting story. Appreciate it. Yeah. We, we've been wrap this thing on up. So at, at that moment, that's when, I was able to finish my bachelor's degree in three years, get my master's in four years, the first in my family to do that, and then had a chance to, my, my senior year, hurt my shoulder, 
then heard it again during the NFL combine and, and doing our pro day. So at that moment, I realized, hey, this this this, this football stage was was a temporary stage for my permanent purpose. Mm. Like he was revealing that to me the whole time, and and this whole going to the next level thing might not necessarily happen. However, I seen a lot of guys that came out before me that either made it to the league, had some success, made it, it was short lived or didn't make it at all, and they were putting all these eggs in that one basket. And I realized, if I don't figure out something now, I'm going to be on that exact same crash course. And right now, by based off my, my, my past, I might not make it to the next level. So hmm. that's why I just started thinking about, all right, the game. And, and me and my buddy Inky Johnson, we always talked about what the game was teaching us. We called the game like life prep. We, fed, we felt that it had a direct correlation to life. And if you paid attention to the game, it was teaching you things and prepping you for life. Hmm. So when I ended up graduating now, I came out and I ended up doing um, sales. So I had two years of, of, of arena ball, and then I ended up getting into sales full time. Mm-hmm. I had a full time mission job, mm-hmm. me and my roommate. And at this point, I'm struggling because I didn't, I didn't, I, I hadn't been in corporate sales and in, in, in a real life setting like that. And my first year, I was struggling. However, when I finally sat back down, I thought about all these conversations of what the game had taught me. I said, okay, what made me elite in sports? What made me get to that level? And I finally sat down and started thinking about, okay, first is what I gave the game. Let me think about what the game, what the game gave me back. Mm-hmm. The game gave me persistent, it gave me permit, um, persistent passion, focus, dedication. It gave me the ability to, 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 to make split decisions. It gave me the ability to, to prep. It gave me the ability to, to lead. It gave me the ability to be around people and understand people. So the game gave me all these different things. All right, when I started thinking about it, what can I take away from the game? How can I correlate to the next phase of my life, the sales game that I'm in? How can I carry it over to get me that same success just in, in, in the sales space? Mm-hmm. So what I learned was the game was prepping me for all this stuff. And when I was able to take the things away from, from football and apply it in sales, especially how we learn the playbook and how we learn studying opponents and how we learn the execution of our plays, I started applying those exact same things in the sales role that I was in. And sure enough, I went from the bottom in that sales role to one of the best in the company, and my team came along with me because I duplicated the same process. Hmm. So when I saw that, the light bulb went off. And that's when I said, you know what? Athletes have an unfair advantage. However, a lot of them don't correlate those transferable skills. A lot of them don't even know what they got. A lot of them have not thought about what the game gives them. Hmm. They only think about the blood, sweat, and tears and the commitment they gave the game, but they never think about what the game reciprocated and gave back to them. Wow. So. Once that started to go through my head, I said, if we can help athletes take these lessons and learn and show them how to apply, how it translate, how it correlate, off the field, off the track, off the pool, off the, court, off the court, when they get into the next phase of their life, whether it's being a husband, whether it's being a boss, whether it's being a manager, whether it's being an employee, whether it's being an entrepreneur, the game that I'm prepped them for, they can excel just like they did on the playing field, or on the court, or on the pool, or on the track, in the next phase of their life. Mm-hmm. And that's when the birth of sports life business came about because I believe everything was like a puzzle piece. The game mm-hmm. taught you it. You just got to know how to take it away from the sports side, apply it in the life side, take it away from the life side, apply it in the business side. And that's when the whole birth of the idea was born. And after being in that space, that sales space for seven, eight years, I walked away from that, put the book together, sports life business, what's next, how to transition like a champion. Mm-hmm. And now we're on this mission to help the way athletes transition into life of sports, but also help the way people transition. Because if you watch sports, and you admire people from playing sports, the three hours you're sitting there watching this particular game, it's some valuable lessons that you can take away from the game and apply in your life and give you an unfair advantage as well. So mm. that's the mission we're on. 
what what did the game give you? I love that perspective. You've been able to take this, pull it together for sports and life and business. And with this light bulb, and you've helped NFL superstars, NBA ballers, world-class Olympians, CEOs, executives, military veterans, entrepreneurs, college, high school students, young professionals. Uh, it, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. We've got just a couple minutes left. and I want to talk a little bit. You've got your book, What's Next? How to Transition Like a Champion. And then you've got these courses, the transition playbook, the, the transition training, your uh, SLB universities. So talk to us about what this, what talk to us about the book and the program and how you're continuing to help others. And I want you to take time to give a plug and, and how we can learn more about what you're doing. Awesome. 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 So what's next time to transition champ, like transition, like, like a champion book, that's a self-help book um, across the board, whether you play sports and whether you watch sports. So if anybody gets their hand on that book, it's going to show them the blueprint, the formula for how to take whatever situation is, whatever their unfair advantage is, whatever the adversity has been and show them how to use it for their unfair advantage in life and in business. From there, you got Sports Life Business University, which is like a curriculum format designed to have some tests and some pop quizzes that help you kind of change the mindset. The book will help start the formula, the formula for you. The transition, um, the, the transition playbook in Sports Life Business University just kind of helps you lit be, be more engaged more locked in kind of study that process because what i realized was there was you always heard these things hey i learned this from sports but there was never a class or a course or a book you can read or a course you can take that teaches you this thing these things so mm-hmm. that was the thought process behind sports life business university and then from there transition training we got an online membership course that's going to allow people to have over 100 plus videos of me taking a section whether it was from sports or life and correlating it to the next phase, how I use it or how they can possibly use it as well to get that an unfair advantage as well. So all these programs are designed to teach the thought process, the mindset of how to take a takeaway from something, how it can correlate to the next phase, and how you can carry it over to create that same success that you admire these athletes for having or that you as an athlete once had. So now, once you are in that transition space, you already understand your, your value, your, your, your intangible skills, the value that you can bring to the table. And now you don't feel like you have to go start all over. You don't feel like you, you, you learned nothing. You don't feel like you had an unfair advantage to the marketplace. It, it shows you how, how you can use these things to help yourself win regardless of what you've been through or, or, or where you're looking to go. So those are all are all available on DerekFurlow.com. And I would just say I got a lot of free stuff on, on, on YouTube channel. So Derek Furlow Jr., if you search me on any social media platform, I, I give a lot of free content away because I want to help impact and inspire and empower people and athletes. So if they are on any social media platform, Derek Furlow Jr., D-E-R-R-I-C-K-F-U-R-L-O-W Jr., feel free to, to just tune in and lock in. I'm, I'm trying to add value to people's lives every single day in every single way. So Derek, that's, that's again, what we're doing. This concept, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being open and thank you for continuing to learn. And, and you know, when you talk about looking at your life, your background, your circumstances and, and finding your unfair advantage, I love the, the solutions mindset there because we do all have a journey and there is a value in that journey. And, and many of us either feel victimized or we feel that we uh, or that we feel like we haven't been to get a fair shot or we feel like we failed. And there is a lesson in there that is an unfair advantage. I really appreciate that concept. And I think it's an important message out there for uh, people at all stages of life to, to, and circumstances to look at. So thank you for doing that. We'll put in the show notes, we'll put your, your link and your social icon so that people can link back out. Any final thoughts that you want to share with us today? Man, I, I thank you guys for having me on. And I, I would definitely say, like you said, in, in the middle of our, our mess, don't miss the message because 
regardless of what we're going through or growing through, it's something that's designed to teach us something that's going to help us get to where we want to go. So everything happens for a reason. So you can continue to, 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 to live that, that life and, and develop and become the person that you meant to become. So if you just lock in and don't miss your mess in the middle of your message, um, I think you'll be all right. Oh, that's great advice. Derek Furlow, you can see him at Derek Furlow Jr. Uh, you can see him at DerekFurlow.com. We'll put the links in. And uh, Derek, thanks again for being our guest. And I look forward to watching what you're doing and seeing the next great things that you're doing. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. This interview was designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be.